0: Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hello, hello. So today's episode is me diving into a topic a little bit deeper than what I think thought I was going to. So I had actually talked about this topic in the newsletter from last week. So if you're not on the newsletter, for shame. (laughs) No, just joking. But last week I went on this big old rant about the lies that people tell you about money. Um, The reason why I didn't come out with an episode last week and I'm coming out with it this week is because my microphone had died. So I needed to wait for the new one to come in so on so forth and instead of just letting that topic just sit there i was like okay well let's go ahead and get it out to the world hence the newsletter um And side tangent, so the newsletter, I have a love relationship with that newsletter. I don't even have a love-hate. I just have a love relationship with it. So if you want to hear more from me outside of just the podcast episode, make sure on the newsletter because you'll get stuff that I just either am moved to write about, links I share. It's a lot easier form for me to communicate in. So newsletter is like definitely my jam. So. Anywho, last week I was like, okay, well, let me talk about money because I've been on this money kick and it just feels right. So last week was all about the lies that people tell you about money. And some of them were, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Money doesn't buy happiness. Money can't fix everything. Money shouldn't be your focus or goal. Money's the root of all evil and managing money is about sacrifice. Now I have tried recording this podcast episode probably about six times now. Um, I've either had audio glitches or I didn't feel like I was talking about something that I could like dive deep to and vibe with, or just random shenanigans for lack of a better word of why this episode is like on its sixth take. So because I've said this part about six times now, I'm only going to talk about one version of that lie. Um, and it's about that managing money is all about sacrifice. So let me give you a little bit of history on that one and let me disprove all that those lies. So managing money is not all about sacrifice, but in my 20s, I had a belief system that was completely around that. And the other part of it was, I ended up finding people to reinforce that belief system that money was all about sacrifice. So in my early 20s and probably up to like my, my mid 20s, near my late 20s, I was obsessed with following Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey. Um, Susie Orman, I don't want to say anything bad about them per se, but I want to point out the differences of where I was in my twenties and my mindset in my twenties versus where I am today. Um, because I do think that everyone has a valuable thing that they can teach. So with Susie, I really got it drilled into my head early on that women should be contributing to their finances. Women should just, you know, sit there and be like, oh, I don't know what's going on. My husband or my spouse or my whatever takes care of everything. Like they should be engaged you should have an investment account you should be knowing what you're paid you should know what's in your savings account you should have access to your own credit in your credit card so I really liked that Susie pushed you know being involved in your money as a female and being balanced in the relationship in that aspect um there was definitely things I wasn't a fan of, but those are the things I will say on a positive. Same thing for Dave Ramsey. So there's a ton of stuff that Dave Ramsey does that I am just like, oh my God, I can't believe I listened to that back in the day. But the one thing that I took away from him and that I really liked is snowballing. So snowballing, if you've never heard that term before, is taking something, let's in this sense money, and putting smallest to greatest and paying off the smallest first. But instead of when you pay off the smallest first, not taking that payment, And using it, you roll it over into the next one. So, for example, I'm trying to think of how to do this visually or auditorial. I don't even know what that's a word. But anyway, so say you've got five different bills and they're in varying amounts and you pay $400 every single month towards all those bills. Well, snowballing, the method of snowballing would be to pay the minimum on the four that are not the smallest and pay all of the money that you could in that $400 to the... Um, smallest one. So you can knock that one out first. So let's say, for example, the minimum payment on every single one of them was $25. Um, oh God, I'm backing myself into a corner to do math on, on the air. But say all five bills, the minimum payment is $25 each, but you're making a $400 payment. So I'm going to just divide and no one's going to know. Da, 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 da. Performance anxiety. Anywho. So say you've got that amount, right? your $400, instead of spending $200 here, $100 there, and then $25 or whatever on the other ones, what you would do is you would take the $400, you would divide that by five, and say like, okay, so let's take that $400 and divide that by five. That means I've got $80. So instead of technically spending $80 on those five bills, what you would do is you would pay the minimum on the bottom four, and then you would take... 25, that's what, 25, that's 100. So you would take the other 300. Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. You would take the other 300 and you would apply it to the smallest bill first. So basically the whole point is you would take all your available money, you would put it to the smallest bill first, knock that one out, and then you would take that amount and you would literally roll it to the next bill. Knock that one out, roll it to the next bill, knock that one out, roll it to the next bill, so on and so forth. So Dave Ramsey is all or at least everything I remember about him is all about snowballing. Um, I did slightly rant that he is also known for going on and on about beans and rice and sacrificing. Um, Looking back, I didn't realize how much that used to upset me just because beans and rice in his connotation was all about sacrifice and, you know, taking away joy out of like eating basically because you, you've you spent all your money so therefore you can't enjoy food. And I'm thinking, well, I grew up on beans and rice, I'm Puerto Rican. So I literally probably had that 300 days out of the year. So for me, I never could understand why you would say beans and rice would be like something you would eat to sacrifice and reduce your grocery bill because that's just part of my culture. So anywho, side tangent. But basically these two people that used to be super influential in my money mentality and mindset and helping belittle builds my belief systems in my early and mid-20s, they, when you look, when I look back at it, they were all about sacrifice. Susie Orma was all about, well, don't spend money on that latte. Don't buy this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't, 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 don't. Same thing with Dave Ramsey. Sell all your shit. Live in a freaking cardboard box. Sell everything. Oh, wait, there's something else you could sell. Sell that too. Sell everything. Live on the whole mythical beans and rice, which is culturally culturally inappropriate at this point, but anyway. And pay all your stuff off. You're not allowed to live until you've paid everything off. That was the thing that both of them pushed really, really hard. It was the underlying belief system that you were not allowed to enjoy life. You were not allowed to live. You were not allowed to buy those shoes, get that coffee, buy that ring light, um, get some cute jeans, treat your husband to a really good birthday present until you had sacrificed and paid everything off. And then once you had paid everything off, then you could only ever live within your means, never get back into debt, and you had to sacrifice. But you couldn't live until. And I followed that for quite a long while. And because I followed that for quite a long while, obviously it changed my beliefs. It changed a lot of things that I did. And I've written about this, I've talked about this, it's not something I've been shy about. But back in the day, we used to be, I call it broke as fuck. And broke as fuck is relative. We still were, you know, luxurious. I, I i just want to use the word luxurious, even though it doesn't make sense. We still were lucky enough, luxurious enough, grateful enough to own our own home. We bought our home when we were 20 on our own. Um, no one else. <laughs> it was literally mine and his name's on the mortgage and that's it. Um, so we bought our home when we were in our 20, or we were literally 20. Um, so we still... We're broke as fuck, but we had a mortgage and we had a safe place to live. We were still broke as fuck, but we had two running cars. We were still broke as fuck, but we you know, could go ahead and go out once or twice a month. So when I say broke as fuck, it's relative depending on who you are and what your lifestyle is. So for some people, the lifestyle I just described, where for us would have been broke as fuck, maybe would have been super, I don't know, abundant to someone else because they're just not there. So I, I get hesitant when I start bringing up numbers, just because I don't want someone to get tied around the number, I want them to understand the feeling and the emotion and the the thought process behind it. So because I was listening to people that were always about you can't live until X, I would do things that will literally drive Ben crazy, hence what I've talked about most of the time in the past. I would, oh, our elect- I'd be like, okay, our electric bill is going to be, it's gonna be August, so our electric bill is gonna be super crazy high because it's the hottest month in all of Florida. The running joke is if you're a Floridian, you know you have to survive August because everything's downhill from there. So I would go ahead and start unplugging the TV, I would unplug lamps, I would unplug the microwave, I would unplug this, I would unplug that. I'd unplug all of these things because I was trying to bring our electric bill down. Now, mind you when i did like i'm not even joking i think i maybe brought our electric bill down by like 10 freaking bucks which i probably would have made a bigger adjustment had i just like messed with the ac system when we weren't home and put it like a little bit higher versus unplugging everything and then ben having to go behind me and plug everything back in every time he wanted to use some so i couldn't literally see out of this box of instead of sacrifice I I never looked at the other side of the equation and this is something Ben's always been really, really good at and it has taken me a very long and painful road to get there and I'm still not even close to where he's at. Ben's mentality has always been, well, I'll just figure out how to make more money. So that could mean he would have taken a side job. He would have hustled for something. He would have taken something, fixed it and flipped it. He would have done whatever, right? So out of a traditional nine to five, he would have always, and he has always figured out how to make more money. My thought process was, well, I suck and I can't do anything like that. I don't have those skills. I never even pretended to try and find skills of my own that I could do that with. So instead of saying, okay, well, clearly we need X. And my version of contributing was, well, let me just pull in and sacrifice. Let me go ahead and cut this off, cut that off, cut this off, cut that off, cut, 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 cut. And so because of that, because I never could get out of my own way, I found people to quote unquote, virtually mentor me, AKA books, podcasts, you know, God, free opt-ins back in the day. I found people that could mentor me that would reinforce that belief that, well, you can't make more money. That's not an option because for some reason you suck. So therefore, go ahead and sacrifice to get where you need to go because it's the only way you can get out of that bind. Ben's mindset was always, well, fuck it. I'll figure out how to make more money. I'll work more hours. I'll take another job. I'll work five extra side hustles. I'll buy something and flip it four, five, six times. So he never had that mindset of, I have to sacrifice. It was always, I'll just work harder, which is a slippery slope. But just using it for this example, you can see the two different mindsets, even though literally we've been together since we were 16 years old. So it was a very tumultuous adjustment period as we were growing through our money mentality and our money beliefs and our money mindsets. Now obviously in our 30s our money mindset is completely different. Um, I literally I was showing him the other day well maybe I don't know maybe about three weeks ago I had just gotten new checks in for the household and I literally put on the check because my belief system has changed so drastically. My belief system now is elevate into overflow. I have the past let's say four years drilled into my head over and over and over and over and over again, just figure out how to make more money. And part of that might mean, you know, When I say that phrase, most people are going to be like, well, money doesn't solve everything. I have not met a problem that money doesn't solve, to be honest. I have had medical issues that money has solved. Ben has had medical issues. Money has solved. Um, the house we wanted, money solved that. The car we wanted, money solved that. Taking care of our animals and our babies, money has solved that. So I have genuinely in my entire life not met a problem that money hasn't quote unquote solved. So when I was realizing five, six, seven, eight years into this whole mindset and belief that sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice is the only way. I was getting really frustrated. We were at, uh, we were owning CRC back in the day during this time. And I was like, okay, well, obviously this shit ain't working because I've been doing this for years now. I am a pro at swapping this, doing that, cutting off this, sacrificing that, couponing this, cleaning that, whatever, right? Reusing everything until it's got damn near holes in it. You know, I'm really, really good at that. And I still have the same problem over and over and over again. And I'm like, well, clearly this shit doesn't work because if this worked, we would be in a better place, emotionally, spiritually, financially, the whole point of it, we would be in a better place. So why, you know, I gotta find something different. And that's how I stumbled across, I was actually working USANA, I had just started it. One of the people I was following, she had shared a program where she was changing her money mindset and it was Amanda Francis. And that is how I found out about Amanda Francis years and years and years ago. And literally ever since then, I'm like, oh, her mentality is different. Her thought process is different. Her belief system is literally different. let me try that one because what I'm doing is clearly not working. So instead, I was like, okay, well, screw it. Let me give it a year and let's see what happens. And one of the first things I did from learning from Amanda was I absorbed this belief system that it is not my responsibility to figure out my customer's money. I just have to be available and I'm butchering the quote and all that jazz. But basically what I used to do when we had the shop, I would like manage my customers money for them, which is literally, if you stand back and think about it, totally asinine and retarded. So again, we owned a motorcycle shop. Um, we did a shit ton of repairs. So we, you know, a customer would drop off a bike. The example would be a customer would drop off a bike and we would need to recommend A, B, C, D and E. And before I even called the customer, I, without having a conversation, about with them about budgets or any of that before we had any of that stuff I would look at recommendation a b c d and e and I would figure out how to cut that bill down I would figure out how to let's make it cheaper let's do this let's do that even if the customer really was willing to spend more than that I never even gave them an option I never said hey Mr. John Smith your bike needs a's b c d and e these are your options, this is your price ranges, what are you thinking? And then have a conversation from there. I would manage their money for them ahead of time. So Amanda had this phrase and I'll see if I can find it and put it in the show notes, but it was something along the lines of, it's not my job to manage other people's money and okay i was like all right screw it let me go ahead and start digging into that belief and see if i can run with it and see if this works because again i go back to everything i had been doing with susie and dave was not working so when i started looking at that and making that belief system my own then things started changing magically the shop started making more money we had higher volume tickets and I attribute a portion of that to I was the one selling on the phone. So I would call the customer instead of saying, hey, you need this, but I'm going to recommend this instead. Or maybe you can put it off for another two months. I'd be like, hey, John, we just went over your bike. I got the notes back from the tech. You need A, B, C, D, and E. What would you like us to do? And then I would shut up. And so once I started to get into that habit, I stopped managing other people's money for them, even though they never even asked me to. Then things started changing. And I was like, hmm, maybe this Amanda girl is on to something so from there I went and I took one of her courses and I got it was a pain I, I I've been honest about this every single course I've ever done from her I've done the payment but like I, I took one of her little courses and I started to get results and I'm like hmm, okay I did another one Hmm, okay. I bought her book, I've dived into her content and literally has gotten to the point where over the years of following her work, I have gone from doing things over the course of the past couple of years I followed her from sabotaging myself, sabotaging our relationship, sabotaging ours and Ben's money, or our money basically. Two, at least I don't fuck everything up as bad as I used to. Yes, there's still stumbles. Yes, I'm still human. Yes, there's things I do and I'm like, God, that was a dumb move. Or I make something sometimes a little bit harder than it should be, but I don't nearly fuck up things as bad as I used to. And I contribute that back to mindset. Um, when I was in my early 20s, side tangent, side tangent to the side tangent to the side tangent. But when I was in my early 20s, I used to do this thing where I would pick a, a, a theme for the year and I would dive into that theme. So one year it was about um, emotional health. Another year was about psychology. Another year it was about marketing. Another year it was about um, business leaders, so on and so forth. Because if you don't know already, I'm a very avid reader. I read literally 150 to 250 books a year and that's including romance novels but hey reading is so I would always dive into a topic and I started noticing that I was getting the best bang for my book when I was diving into mindset books. I was diving into things like uh, Daniel Pink, uh, Simon Sinek, books like that that literally changed my mindset um oh my god the 50th law with um 50 cent um and I forgot his co-author his co-author is so freaking good too um books like that so when I started diving into okay well clearly I have a problem I recognize I have a problem instead of attacking the problem let me attack the root cause of the problem so same thing would be as if I don't know you have something wrong with your teeth right so obviously if you have a rotten tooth you can't just be like well I'm just going to brush the tooth and hope that fixes it. No, you have to go, you need to do the root canal. You need to get all the rotted grossness out. You need to put the I don't know, the stuff back in and rebuild the tooth. You have to get to the root of the problem. So, I had started in tandem focusing on changing my mindset. And then when I recognized that changing my mindset was working, I'm like, "Okay, well what's going to be my biggest area that I can get my biggest bang for my buck?" That was money because I can continue to go back to, money influences everything. It's going to influence my happiness. It's going to influence where we live. It's going to influence our options. It's going to influence if we even have options, <laughs> you know. So I was like, okay, well, screw it. If I could fix one thing, magic one, like I've said in previous episodes, it's going to be money. So because of that, over the years where I would have in the past followed three, four, five, six different people in regards to money, there's literally only Amanda that I follow. And then Ben and I geek out and listen to the audio version of The Richest Man of Babylon at least once a year because it's got really good timeless principles. And I've talked about this before. Everything I do, I try and always recommend a timeless principle because if I'm not recommending a timeless principle, I don't want this to be an episode that it say you're not listening to this live, you're not listening to this in 2021, you're listening to this, I don't know, in 2025. I want the principle to still apply regardless of what's going on, whether there's another new pandemic we don't even know about yet, whether everything's amazing, whether you live in another country, whether what doesn't matter. The weather shouldn't matter if the principle is timeless. So this is where I go back to. People tell you all of these lies about money, but it's because they don't themselves address the root issue around money. Now, they may be spending because they are trying to fulfill a need. They may be spending to use it as avoidance. They may be spending because they only believe, like I did, that sacrifice was the only way. They may be self-sabotaging because if they do better than their peers or their family, they're afraid they're going to get ostracized. But all of that comes back to your mindset. And the reason why I've been harping on this whole episode about your mindset your mindset, your mindset, is because if you're going to fix something, fix the thing that makes the biggest bang for your buck. Fix your mindset. So, I, in my late 20s, decided that I was no longer going to sabotage myself every time it came to money. I was going to figure out how to make more money. I was going to figure out how to feel comfortable about making more money. I was going to figure out, you know, how to invest money, which I'm still getting there. But still, I was going to figure out how to literally live in the energy of overflow. And back then, I couldn't have articulated it like I am today. I knew I wanted more. Danielle Laporte, way, way, way back in the day she used to have these uh, core desired feeling images on her blog or her, yeah, on her blog, her website, whatever. And one of them was expansiveness. And every year I would go and I'd be like, okay, well, what are my core desired feelings? Have any of them changed? And I picked expansiveness. And it's the coolest picture ever. If you can find it, it's, um, a, I think it's a chick's, it's like she's free diving in the ocean. There's nothing around her. She's got her arms out and is literally her in like this bikini in the middle of the ocean in the middle of the water like she's surrounded and it says expansiveness. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I was, I kept chasing that feeling over and over and over again. And it's like, okay, well, I wanna chase that feeling But let me chase it in regards to money. And so I tried over time until I was able to figure out how to get my mindset to believe that money gives me options, money gives me freedom, money can be expansive, money can literally get me to the point where I now have the belief that money elevates me into overflow. I am working continuously on receiving more money than I know what to do with. And I went on this whole blog rant website rant thing, I don't know, a couple weeks ago about the whole Scrooge McDuck photo and how that's always been my goal and my jam. And, you know, even from early on, you know, childhood belief, I always wanted that, but I didn't feel that I was allowed to. So, I've talked in previous episodes about, you know, if you have a side hustle, how to go ahead and expand on it and little things like that. But one thing I will definitely say is if you want to, let me rephrase it. Your option should always be, your default should always be, let me figure out how to make more money. I don't want to even kind of pussyfoot around it. Always, always, always it should be, let me figure out how to make more money. Now you baby maybe thinking like, Maggie, you know, I work a structured job where I'm an hourly worker. That's not an option. I would come back and say, that's not necessarily true. Maybe you can earn money on the side. Maybe you can create a course. Maybe you can do this. Maybe you can do that. And you can earn money outside of your traditional job. But never, I don't ever want you to box yourself into this belief and this mindset that whatever I make at my job is the only money I can make and that's it. I can't figure out how to earn more. Or you may be thinking, oh, well, I don't have skills to go ahead and earn more. And I don't believe that that's true either. Because even me, where I felt back in the day, I had no skills. I've now over time developed skills so that I could go out and earn more money. I've developed my selling skills. I've developed my communication skills. I've developed marketing skills, so on and so forth. So, you know, it's kind of tough because back in the day, I was comparing my myself to Ben, where Ben was about 10-12 years ahead of me on this hustle game, and I was just starting, and he would tell me all the time, you know, you're just starting, just get your feet under you, blah, 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 do this, this, and this, and I'm like, yeah, but like every time you do something, you make hundreds of dollars, and I made like 10, <laughs> and you know, so I don't want you to compare yourself to someone else, because we all have to learn, but regardless, I want you to make sure that your default is always to earn more money i don't care what it is i don't care what your day job is i don't care what your circumstances are i do but i don't right because it's really easy to tell yourself the lie of i can't earn more money because of this i can't earn more money because of that i can't earn money because of-. and that's just Not true. It's the easiest way to get stuck. And I continue to say this over and over again. If you're going to fix the root problem, if you're going to fix the root problem, you need to fix your mindset. And the only woman I know how that does a really, really good job of fixing your money mindset is Amanda Francis. She's got her course. It's live. The link's going to be in the show notes if you're interested in it. Again, I've done payment plans on every single thing that she's ever sold, so don't feel embarrassed or ashamed or, oh, Maggie's paid for this stuff in full. No, I have never paid for anything in full because I've never been that cool. But I really would encourage you to take a look at her course and her program. She's got so many things in there that it's almost on borderline overwhelming. She's got the elevate into overflow course. She's got drop the money struggle in there. She's got uh, the wealthy woman that's in there. Um, I want to say she's got energy and frequency of money, which that's the next one I'm going to dive into because I, I haven't really paid attention to that one in the past. Um, But all of this is included in her money mentality makeover course. And it is the best money you will ever spend because I continue to go back to I've harped over and over again about timeless principles. I've done this course probably, I don't know, maybe two different times, two years apart. And the principles are still the same. The principles are still things that even in the middle of a pandemic, I could go ahead and, and apply them. Even when we were transitioning and living in a camper until we could go ahead and buy our home, I could apply them. It didn't matter where it was in my life. I could take those principles that she taught me and I could apply them. And the other thing too is she's really good, again, because her ther- her background is. Being a therapist, she's really good at helping you stop self sabotaging. I, and I've talked about it obviously on this episode in previous episodes, but I was really good at self sabotaging because I was either afraid or I was scared or it didn't matter. But I was so good at keeping myself small that I've continued to, you know, imbibe mantras like, you know, what I don't know, I hire someone to teach me. That one god that was a phrase of mine for years because I was really uncomfortable when it came to the business about managing our money so i was like well fuck it instead of self-sabotaging us and the business and our livelihood when it came to the business i started telling myself what i don't know i hire someone to teach me and i've made that part of my mindset now you know we have an accountant that is helping us they did our taxes for us this past year and there was some questions or whatever and i'm like i have no fucking clue how to answer this and so i went back to him and i'm like hey Corey, can you help me because my mindset is my beliefs system is what I don't know I hire someone to teach me um again another belief system around money that has changed completely from my 20s to now is I can always earn more there's always more available you know so it's little things like that that I never would have gotten to it as easily as quickly if it wasn't for her course so all of this is to say I highly endorse her course um But I want you to sit back throughout this entire episode. You know, obviously things are going to be popping up in your subconscious or like little things whispered in the back of your ear. And I want you to step back and I want you to, you know, journal about it, read about it, think about it, whatever, walking, meditate about it, and be like, okay, well, what are the things that I'm doing, aka, what are you doing to self-sabotage? What are you doing to, what are the lies you're telling yourself about money? Let's make that the journal prompt. What are the lies you're telling yourself about money? What are the, Ways you're self sabotaging about money? What are the ways that you are fucking up your money to keep yourself small? So, with that being said, I'm going to have those three journal prompts. I'll have them either in the show notes or I'll have them on the blog, wherever you're seeing this, finding this, YouTube, doesn't matter. I will have them available for you. But once you've gone and done those journal prompts, once you've done that homework, the lies you're telling yourself, the ways you're sabotaging yourself, the ways that you're keeping yourself small, once you've done that, I would encourage you to go ahead and look at Amanda's Money Mentality Makeover course. Depending on when you're listening to this, whether you're listening to it live or you're listening to it sometime in the future, um, there will be a bonus that I will give you. Unfortunately, because I'm creating the bonus right now, I don't want to really talk about it, but there will be a bonus I will give you if you use my link. Um, If you don't, then you don't get access to the bonus and I have no shame in my game about telling you about it. But like I said, go look at the show notes, go wherever you are listening or consuming this, go to the show notes and you'll be able to click on the Money Mentality course. You'll be able to find out about it, read about it. And if it's open, I encourage you to buy it. It is the best money I have ever spent in anything in regards to money. Um, If the course is not available when you're listening to this, get on the wait list and then let me know you're on the wait list so I can make sure that when you enroll, you get access to the bonus. So with that being said, I'm going to let you lovely people go. I'm trying to keep our episodes back to to that 30 45 minute mark again um so that i don't go super ranty and i'm hoping that having more consistent episodes will <laughs> help me not talk as much but talk as much if you get what i mean so i love you i appreciate you i am grateful that i get to spend even this much time in your ears and like i said go take some time for yourself and discover what ways you're lying to yourself and keeping yourself small and you know i encourage you to change your money mindset because It's going to be the foundation of everything. And if you're going to fix something, you might as well fix the foundation because from there, it's just easy peasy. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Have a burning question for me.